This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The American Red Cross is warning of a national blood crisis. The organization says it's facing its worst blood shortage in more than a decade. Doctors are having to make tough decisions on who gets donated blood and who has to wait until more becomes available. Now, in a moment, we're going to check in with Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago to hear how it's handling the situation. But joining us now to discuss this and more is Selena Roldan, CEO of the Illinois Red Cross. Hi, Selena. Welcome back to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. The American Red Cross it supplies 40% of the nation's blood supply. So help us understand how big of a problem is the shortage that's happening across the country and here in our area? Yes. So we are facing a national blood crisis, and it is the worst shortage that we have seen in over a decade, posing a a true risk to patient care. Um, The blood crisis is impacting patients everywhere, both nationally and locally in the Chicagoland area. The Red Cross has experienced about a 10% decline in the number of people donating blood since the pandemic began. And at schools and colleges, the Red Cross has seen a 62% in blood drives uh, due to the pandemic. So 10% fewer people donating blood. Why? What's causing this? So during the winter months, we already see typically in in a normal year um, shortages. Um, This is due to inclement weather. It's because people become ill. They have the flu, other illnesses, um, universities, colleges closes, people take vacations. And so that's already happening. And then now with this current COVID surge, that's exacerbating those challenges. So individuals that had blood donation appointments are canceling because they themselves are testing positive for COVID or becoming exposed. So how much more donations would we need uh, to meet the needs of patients? So we typically have a five-day supply on hand, and right now we're facing about less than a one-day supply. So it is really creating a situation where doctors and hospitals are having to make very difficult decisions about what patients are going to receive blood um, and and life-saving care. Every two seconds, someone in our country needs blood and needs a blood transfusion, and that could be anything from a car accident victim, a child battling cancer. Um, The need for blood is constant, and it's important for people to remember that blood can't be stockpiled. It is a drug. It is the shelf life of 42 days. And so that is another reason why we continue to emphasize the point of regular blood donation, which is essential to the health of a community. So tell us, who, who can give blood and how often? Yes. So you can donate blood once every 56 days. Individuals who are feeling healthy and uh, who are 17 years of age or 16 with parental consent, they weigh at least 110 pounds and are in general good health, um, can donate blood. It's estimated that only 3% of our population actually donates blood. Wow. Are, Are there certain blood types that you need? So all blood types are needed, um, but especially type O uh, positive and O negative. Um, Type O positive is the most transfused type and can be transfused to RH positive patients of any blood type. And type O negative is the universal blood type, and it's what emergency room personnel reach for when there's no time to determine the blood type for patients in the most serious of situations. Mm -hmm. Platelet donations are also urgently needed, and platelets are the clotting portion of the blood, which needs to be transfused within five days of donation. You know, there are some people listening right now, Selena, who may be concerned about the safety of doing this right now during the pandemic, during this Omicron surge. What would you say to them? 
Absolutely. Um, The safety of our donors is the top priority for the American Red Cross and has been throughout the pandemic. And really, blood donation um, historically is one of the most regulated and safe processes. It is an essential service, um, and it is critical to a community's health. Um, So we are taking all of the highest safety protocols and precautions, um, again, through regular um, health screenings. We're also doing regular and, and more current and updated um, cleaning of all of the, the things that we use during blood drives. And so I'm really, again, encouraging to individuals, it is one of the safest things that you can do in terms of donating um, and asking individuals if you are healthy to consider making a blood donation appointment. I know you've just gone through some of the uh, the uh, statistics there, but but are there certain reasons why folks might not be able to give blood, even if they truly want to? Sure, absolutely. So when people come in, um, we do have a screening process. And so it could be um, that when you come in and you have your health screening, it could be due to low iron. There could be other medications that individuals might be taking that may defer them um, from donating blood. And so those are all the things when you go to donate. And actually, if you have the American Red Cross blood donation app. Um, There is a process when you make your donation appointment, the day of your appointment, you can fill out your rapid pass. And the rapid pass allows you to do all that initial screening um, in the beginning. And then you take that in for your blood donation appointment. It makes the appointment also go a little bit faster um, and helps answer some of those questions about donation. Um, One of the other things that I really want to emphasize too, in terms of who can donate, because Mm -hmm. it's a question that we get asked, is if you're fully recovered from COVID, um, as long as you are 14 days out from symptoms, you are able to donate. And that's one of the questions that we're getting asked um, often right now. It's also important in terms of the safety and things that might keep people from donating. It's important to remember is that there's no documentation of a respiratory illness being transmitted through blood donation, which includes the coronavirus. Very good to know. Uh, As we continue to talk about who can give blood, I'm reminded that in recent years, Selena, countries have started to re-examine their blood donation policies when it comes to men who have sex with men. So what is the latest FDA guidance on that? Yes, this is an important question. The Red Cross, like all blood collectors in the United States, are required to follow the eligibility guidance by the FDA. And in 2020, the FDA revised their guidance regarding MSM from a 12 to three-month deferral after the last instance of male-to-male sexual contact. And The Red Cross recognizes the hurt this policy has caused many to the LGBT community and believes that blood donation eligibility should not be determined by methods that are based upon sexual orientation. And we're committed to working with partners toward achieving this goal. Um, So we were really encouraged by this action, and we know that further progress needs to be done um, on this. Right now, the Red Cross, along with One Blood, Vital and other partner LGBT community health centers launched a pilot study in December 2020 funded by the FDA in certain cities that could potentially lead to changes for blood donor eligibility um, and making sure that we're include, having a more inclusive blood supply. Remind us how folks can book an appointment. Yes, so you can go to the Red Cross Blood Donor app or visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to schedule a blood donation appointment. And we are really asking individuals, if you do not find an appointment 
in your immediate neighborhood um, or community, please consider going farther out and traveling a farther distance. Um, if not, if, because we also know we have our own challenges with scheduling blood drives. And also, if you don't find an appointment tomorrow, consider one in the weeks and the months to come, because we know that this blood crisis is going to continue. Are you hopeful, though, that we'll be able to turn it around? I am hope we have had our blood donors, uh, the individuals that come out that roll up a sleeve and are able to help save a life. We hear the stories all the time of mothers, parents, family members who go have gone to hospitals and the blood is not there. And it is such a, a it's an incredible way to be able to go in and say, I'm making a difference. I'm going to help save a life by just giving about an hour of your time. It can make such a difference to people in critical need. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that's Selena Roldan. She is CEO of the Illinois Red Cross. We're discussing the blood shortage crisis that's impacting hospitals here in our area as well as across the country. Selena, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I want to bring another voice to the conversation. On the line with us now is Dr. Christina Barito. She is the medical director of the Blood Bank at Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. Hi, Dr. Barito. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. You've been listening along to my conversation with Selena. Talk to us about Lurie Children's. How important are blood donations for your patients? So blood donations are very important for our patients. They are crucial to our patient care operations. And as you all alluded to, they are definitely life-saving. So here at Lurie, we transfuse over 1,000 blood products a month, and they're used in a variety of clinical situations, you know, from patients who have receive surgery, to trauma patients, to patients with cancer, they are a critical part of what we do. Have you and your staff had to make some of the difficult decisions we were talking about because of this blood shortage? Right. So we definitely have been impacted by the blood shortage. You know, we receive our blood from blood suppliers um, and organizations like the Red Cross, and we are so grateful for it. And we have seen a reduction and the amount of blood products that we receive. And so it's made us be creative with kind of managing this limited resource during the blood shortage. Well, when you saw this reduction in in, uh, blood products, were you surprised, Dr. Barito, that so few people were donating right now? I wouldn't say that it's surprising. I think that, you know, I understand that there are unique situations at play now, um, especially with the coronavirus pandemic, um, I wanted to highlight, as Selena mentioned, that, you know, donating blood is safe and there are different measures that have been put in place. And so we definitely want to encourage everyone to donate blood who is able. Um, Also, there are other factors that also were mentioned. You know, during the holiday season, we typically see decreases in the amount of blood donations as well. And so I would not say I was surprised. Um, and it is, it is something that we anticipated and have planned for. Mm-hmm. Well, how else is, is the shortage that we're seeing now affecting patient care and just overall operations at the hospital? Right. So it's definitely affecting patient care. So again, blood transfusions are life-saving, and we work very closely with the clinical team's you know, in assessing patients who are needing blood transfusion. For some patients, there's a decision made, and we know that the patient needs blood, and we're looking critically to see, is there any way we can be more judicious with our stewardship of blood? Um, For example, transfusing less blood. Um, For example, transfusing one unit instead of two. Mm -hmm. There are different initiatives out there that are 
that we use for blood conservation strategies. And so that's one that we are heavily relying on now um, is transfusing one unit of blood instead of two when it's clinically safe to do so. Can you give us an idea of how many kids across our city or state are, are in need of blood right now? You know, so it's hard to provide an exact number. I know at our hospital, you know, we serve more than 200,000 children a year, and we transfuse in a year about 14,000 blood products. And some of those are going to, you know, unique patients who will only need one blood transfusion, and then they recover from their illness. And then there are other patients who have ongoing medical conditions, for example, our children with cancer who require ongoing blood transfusion. So I would say it's definitely a significant amount of patients who need blood every day. Yeah. Well, I'd love to know what you're hearing from your colleagues at other hospitals in the area. So I think it's important that you mentioned that. So this is definitely, you know, not just a local issue. So it's a local and national issue. And so I have heard from colleagues, you know, we all are experiencing, you know, similar situations with the blood shortage. Um, one of the great things is the partnership and the communication that is going on between different hospitals. So local organizations have different blood bank associations. And I know later today, at least in Illinois, there will be an emergency call where, you know, we will try to do just what you were alluding to, which is, you know, discuss the situation with other hospitals and mm-hmm. see how we can strategize together. Um, and maybe we will learn different strategies that other hospital systems have used that can be implemented. Is it going to take a, a different level of resources uh, on your end, doctor, just because of the fact that we are going through this Omicron surge? I think it will take a different level of resources. Again, we have heightened level of communication and collaboration with our clinical teams. But I would say it's been great in that everyone has been willing to pitch in, um, the medical staff, the clinicians here. Um, they are aware of the blood shortage and kind of willing to make sure we assess each patient and kind of do what we can to make sure that every patient who needs blood has access to it. Does that level of uh, collaboration make you hopeful? that we're going to be able to turn the situation around? I think it does definitely make make me hopeful, you know. I think it's important for us to, you know, be thankful for the blood donors who are coming in, even in the midst of the pandemic. And, you know, most of our blood supply in America is on a volunteer basis, and I don't think everyone knows that. So we really rely on the altruism of the public, and we've seen that before in times, even in earlier phases of the pandemic, and so I'm optimistic that will contribute. And, you know, raising awareness like you all are doing on this show Mm -hmm. um, is going to be a crucial part of that. So thank you. Well, well, that was an interesting point. And I I wonder, as a hematologist and transfusion medicine specialist, what else do you think people just don't know when it comes to giving blood or just about the importance of paying attention to the fact that we're in a national blood crisis? I think that some people don't know that there's a limited supply of blood. As Selena mentioned, blood has a shelf life or, you know, an expiration date. We cannot typically stockpile blood for months on end. And so I think some folks don't know that, you know, there is a kind of a rotating basis of the blood supply and that there really are patients who need blood every day. You know, I know I have personally taken care of some patients and, you know, because of their unique blood condition, they require what's called rare blood. And so in situations like this during a blood shortage, you know, it is even more concerning for those patients who have specific blood needs. So, you know, 
I think some people mm-hmm. do not realize that, you know, we really are relying on our blood donors, and they are so critical to the health care service that are provided not only at our hospitals, yeah. um, but nationwide. What are the conversations like uh, with, with the patients and their families as we wait for, for the numbers to go up as far as donations? There's got to be some uh, encouragement, right, at this time? Right. And so I think, you know, some of our families are more aware than others. Um, we do our best to limit the stress on patient families. So we know that patients and their relatives have enough to deal with when they're coping with a child who has a medical illness. So we do our best to kind of work behind the scenes in the hospital with our blood bank staff, medical staff, nurses, and physicians to kind of, you know, triage and troubleshoot things on the back end um, and really, really limit the stress that is um, passed on to the families. Good. Well, what are you going to keep an eye on as we move through the coming weeks and months? I think one of the things we will keep an eye on closely is our blood usage. And so we look at different data and analytic tools to see trends in our blood usage during the hospital and different areas like the surgery center, operating room, and emergency department. And so we will also be working closely with the Red Cross um, to make sure we're adjusting our patient services as necessary. That is Dr. Christina Barato, Medical Director of the Blood Bank at Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.